the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Picture this. Yeah, imagine if uh, President Trump had gone to Kenosha, Wisconsin today, and instead of speaking to real-life human beings about the violence there, suppose he went to an empty building with five or six reporters sitting 10 or 15 feet apart from each other, as the, and they're the only other people in the building, and then he reads a speech from a teleprompter. Then he gets back in his limo and heads for Air Force One and a ride back to Washington. That'd be pretty ridiculous, wouldn't it? Well, that's exactly what Joe Biden did yesterday, only he came to Pittsburgh. Have you seen the pictures of the building that Joe was in? It's just Joe and those reporters scattered around, sitting in a chair like 20 feet apart from each other. It's, it's, it's stunning, actually. That was not a speech that Joe gave here yesterday. He read somebody else's words off a teleprompter in an empty building. That's what he did. That's no more a speech than what your favorite local uh, news anchor is doing right now at one of the local TV stations. It's reading somebody else's words from a teleprompter. (laughs) That's all it is. And a real candidate, if he wanted to make the point that Biden was trying to make about, about violence, would have flown to Kenosha. What was going on in Pittsburgh? What did Pittsburgh have to do with anything? And, and if he was coming here to because he thought, you know, he needs votes and he wanted to show up in Pittsburgh, he didn't do anything in Pittsburgh. He went into a room and read a teleprompter and he left. Nobody saw him except for the 100 people that were hanging around the building outside. It's unbelievably stupid. And 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 what if and, he, and if he really was interested in making the point that he was trying to make, he would have spoken to real live human beings. And then you know what else he would have done? He would have answered questions from the media. A confident candidate would be looking forward to the questions from the media, and he would come prepared to answer them and hope that he got a few questions so that he could make his point a little bit stronger. The Democrats should really be embarrassed that they have a candidate who's dumb enough to waste his time doing that. And by the way, the jet fuel that he wasted, how about that? It, doesn't that poison our environment? And he used jet fuel to fly from Wilmington, Delaware to Pittsburgh and all, and then the limo and everything that was involved in that to read, what was it, a 12-minute speech off a teleprompter? Uh, it's scary. Uh, and, and by getting on a, a private jet in Delaware and flying to Pittsburgh to do something, he could have done in his basement. That's what he did. He could have done it in his basement. He could have done it in his bathroom. He could have done it anywhere. I saw a lot of analysis about the speech itself, and it was and it was uh, not surprising that he tried to blame all the riots that all the Democrats said didn't exist until about 20 minutes ago on President Trump. But did anybody ridicule him? I didn't see it. But did anybody ridicule him for the stupidity of the trip that he made? I mean, it was it's really stunning, a, a stunning, stunningly stupid trip that he made. Uh, has 2020 been so crazy that we just accept anything that happens as normal now and it just kind of happens and you say, well, okay, I guess that's just the way things are now. I mean, seriously, that was a stupid, stupid exercise that he took part in. It's actually almost enough to disqualify him for president of the United States. Come on, we got on a, he got on a plane and flew a couple of hundred miles, called a limo, rode to Hazelwood, walked into a building and ran off a teleprompter. Who does that? On a presidential candidate? And how about the fact that he just uh, pulls out after he reads his words from the prompter without answering a question? He just bails. See, if a candidate's a real candidate, and if he really wants to make a point, he would want to speak in front of a crowd, number one, and he would hope that he would get the questions so he could make uh, some more points. And with all the doubts about Biden's competency already out there, why would you stage something that ridiculous and put him in a position to make himself look like an idiot and a coward. I'm sure the non-Fox media will give him a pass on all that, but he deserves massive ridicule. When we come back, I'm going to talk to Erin Perrine. She is the Trump campaign's director of press communications. 
about the president's trip to Kenosha and other stuff. Stick around. My name is Ryan Bourne. And I'm Danica Bourne. And, and we're, we're the, the owners, owners of South Coast, Coast Tax. Tax. We would like to thank our Lord for protecting us from evil. Psalm 91 states, He is my refuge and my fortress, for He will rescue us from every trap and protect us from deadly disease. South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accountants and attorneys who specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results. We are also a small firm who will treat you like family and not just a number. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176 for a free consultation, and we'll take the time to explain all the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start. In John 8.36, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed, and one way we can achieve that is by being debt-free. So let us help you today. Call us at 1-800-TAX-1176, and together we can help achieve this goal by putting the IRS tax debt behind you for good. Again, that number is 1-800-TAX-1176. Here are the facts. Your business needs leads and sales. There are potential customers online right now looking for what you do. Will they find you or your competitor? You need Salem Surround. Having to do your own digital marketing while trying to manage your business, well, there's just not enough time in the day. You need Salem Surround. You're doing all you can to market your business, but are you sure you have the right strategy or seeing a great return on investment? You need Salem Surround. The marketing team here at Salem Surround is ready to help your business now. We'll design a plan that targets potential customers with proven marketing strategies, using everything in our toolkit to work for you. Digital, audio, mobile, even audience-engaging contests and promotions. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Worried about deductibles and co-pays, dental or vision? How about elective procedures? Marley Financial has got you covered. This is John Stoggerwald. Marley Financial is now offering a new health savings account that can be used for anything health-related. Anything. Co-pays and deductibles. Any prescription, even elective procedures. Marley's new turbocharged health savings account can set you free of high premiums and out-of-pocket expenses. There's even a company matching component that can provide two or even three to one in benefits. And because it's a contribution, not a premium, your value stays with you for the rest of your life. And if you recently lost your job and your health benefits, Marley has programs to get you the coverage you need when you need it most. Call Marley Financial today at 724-884-1496 and ask about their new turbocharged health savings account. That's 784 884 1496. Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the marketplace at MarleyFG.com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. This ad is sponsored by Janelle & Associates Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas. Attention all former Boy Scouts or Cub Scouts. If you were sexually abused by an adult scout leader, even if the abuse happened decades ago, listen closely as you may be entitled to substantial compensation. The Boy Scouts of America have billions of dollars in assets and have agreed to set up a victim compensation fund for victims of child sexual abuse, even if the abuse happened decades ago. Our attorneys can file a claim for you and get you the justice and closure you deserve while you remain completely anonymous. If you suffered abuses from scout leaders and those who knew about the abuse but failed to stop it, call our law firm's confidential scout abuse helpline at 800-912-0873 as you may be entitled to substantial compensation. But hurry, as time is running out to file a claim. Call 800-912-0873 right now to see if you are eligible for substantial compensation. Call 800-912-0873. That's 800-912-0873. 800-912-0873. You're listening to the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. President Trump took a road trip today to Kenosha, Wisconsin, even though the governor of Wisconsin had asked him not to go there. And after he got there, he promised local businesses $4 million in federal aid to help them recover from the damages caused by the rioting out there. It'll be interesting to see how the Democrats play this one. Of course, they're still out there blaming President Trump for the rioting. Aaron Perini is direct of, uh, press, uh, director of press communications for the Trump campaign, and she joins us now. Aaron, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. So, uh, sorry about mispronounce your name in my open. We have someone here in town with that spelling and this pronounced, I think it's pronounced Perrine, so I apologize. Aaron no Perrine, worries. Sorry. 
So uh, anyway, do, do you know if there have been a- any complaints from the uh, small business owners in Kenosha about that $4 million yet? <laughs> no, surprisingly enough, right? Uh, no complaints because these people are excited to have a president who's willing to step up and step in and provide the leadership where their governor and their local leaders have really failed them. And, you know, while the governor and the mayor may have said that they didn't want the president to come, the sheriff certainly said he wanted and was supportive of the president coming. And seven members of the executive, the county board in Kenosha all said that they supported the president coming. They supported his leadership and they were excited to have him come and bring a unifying message to Kenosha. And that's exactly what we saw today. And the only reason that they would have for not wanting to come would be political because, especially in the last few days when they've decided that the riots that didn't exist not only did exist, but they were caused by Donald Trump. So they, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, make them kind of uncomfortable to have the president come in uh, after they've been blaming him, and, and they're hoping that the people are still blaming him, and it's not working, is it? No, it's not working. They want to try and blame the president. But any state or city that has asked for federal resources to quell an uprising in violence has immediately received it from the president. Since this all began back in Portland, you saw that this president and in Minneapolis, you saw him immediately say, whatever you need. Every day he has told cities and states, whatever you need, you have to ask for it and we will provide it. In Portland, the mayor is applauding the fact that he has refused to take the assistance from President Trump. And last night, those same rioters and looters who have been destroying the city for over 90 days there tried to burn down his apartment building that he is living in. I mean, they're, they're not standing for anything. They're just standing against President Trump and against safety and security. And if Democrats truly cared about protecting their citizens, they would tell President Trump, yes, we accept your help. Um, and if if they had accepted his help, would his trip have been necessary? I mean, if, if they had just said, yes, President Trump, please send uh, help, uh, would there have been any reason for the president to get on the plane and go there? I mean, in Wisconsin, thankfully, the governor did eventually step back and say, yes, I'll take the help. And sure enough, the president surged the resources. But today he went to thank the members of law enforcement who were given the assistance and the tools they needed to be able to restore law and order and to talk to those small business owners who lost their livelihoods through no fault of their own, as if the coronavirus hasn't been hard enough for small businesses in this country. Those in Kenosha were facing another hurdle to getting back on their feet, and they saw today that their president cares enough to come into their town and say, I'm here for you, and I will make sure you're taken care of. Now, Joe Biden and the rest of the Democrat Party have obviously decided to blame the president. He came here to Pittsburgh to do it. Uh, They're blaming him for the violence. Uh, Do you think the people in Kenosha, I mean, I'm sure some are, but Do you think that uh, the president going there today will um, help end that stupidity? Or do you think it's even it even has any kind of a uh, any any kind of a following? Anybody actually believing it? Trump's derangement syndrome is is unfortunately pretty far wide and spread when it comes to the media. But the president's been clear he doesn't want violence. He doesn't want rioting and looting. He completely supports the First Amendment of the Constitution for people to peaceably assemble, but he does not support anarchy. And it took Joe Biden almost four months to come out of his basement and barely put up a rebuke of the violence and the terrorism. But what we didn't hear from Joe Biden is a rebuke of Antifa, a rebuke of the violence, or a rebuke of his own staff who put up bail money to bail out the violent protesters and rioters in Minneapolis. We didn't hear any of that from Joe Biden. He tries to pretend that there wasn't any rioting under his watch. It's like he forgot about Baltimore and Ferguson when he was vice president of the United States. President Trump has been clear. Law and order is law and order. Safety and security should not be a question or a political point in this country. It should be what is expected of our neighborhoods, and he is happy to provide the federal resources to make sure that happens. What do you think the um, and uh, the reaction would have been if <clears throat> President Trump, except for six reporters, uh, you know, got into a building that was empty except for six reporters, and read a speech off a teleprompter and then left town without taking questions? That. That's what Joe Biden did here in Pittsburgh. That was one of the most, I talked about in my opening 
Uh, <clears throat> it's one of the dumbest things I've ever seen done ever by a candidate. It just makes no sense. And I don't know that he's. I don't. I try not to pay too much attention to the uh, to the left wing fringe, but I, I don't. I don't think he's getting enough ridicule for that. Imagine what, well, it, what it would Joe be Biden. if President Trump had done it. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, the, the standards are double and clear. And if the media didn't have double standards, it seems like sometimes they might not have standards at all with the way they try and treat this president. If he'd done anything similar to that, they'd be screaming. I mean, remember, President Trump for over a year, was always taking questions from reporters, and the White House press briefing room was not getting used on a regular basis for briefings, and reporters were screaming about that even though they got to talk to the president multiple times a week and asked unfettered questions. Without any filter, they got to talk directly to the commander-in-chief. Joe Biden pretends that he wants to be president of the United States but can't take a single reporter question that isn't thoroughly vetted by his team. It really makes you wonder, why does he even pretend that he wants this job if he isn't willing to do the most basic tasks and have a conversation with reporters about where he stands on anything? Well, how long do you think he can get away with that, Aaron? I mean, um, it's the, the thing yesterday, was a, it's actually a, a, a spectacle. It was, such, it was so stupid that it's mind-boggling. And, uh, and I said in my open, it's almost like, you know, 2020 is so strange that something absolutely ridiculous like that happens, and you just go, oh, I guess it's 2020. That's, what we're de- that's, that's the world now. I've never heard of a candidate doing that, getting on a plane oh, yeah. to, to fly somewhere to read a teleprompter and then leave. Well, who does that? All right. Green New Deal Joe Biden is driving in his suburban and flying on a private jet as he talks about wanting to ban fracking in the United States and then tries to say he never said that, even though roll the tape. We all know that's exactly what he said it multiple times. And that would kill jobs in this country. The reason he doesn't want to take questions is clear. It's because he's afraid. He's afraid someone's going to push back on him. that he's going to have to try to explain the disastrous policy positions that he has been forced to take as the standard bearer of the Democrat Party. So instead, he hides and he lies to the public about what this president has done and what he has achieved for this country. And the media just gives him a pass because he's Joe Biden. Listen, the media never got over the fact that Donald Trump never played by their rules. And they clearly can't get over it now, even though he is boldly leading America, not only in the right direction for now, but for future generations. Uh, Normally in this spot, we have Tim Murtaugh. He comes on the show every other Tuesday uh, at 513. And, um, you know, obviously he's not here today, but you are you are in kind of the same uh, line of work. He's the communications director. You're the director of press communications. Uh, I'm just wondering what kind of a battle it is for you every day to keep up with what the media are saying and then you having to come back and, and counter what they're saying and try to make sure that the word gets out that what they just said is ridiculous because it goes on every day. I mean, it does. It goes on every day, and it's our job to push back and to call reporters out and to go on and do you know hard-hitting TV interviews so that the American people can see the facts of what the president said and what's actually going on because the media wants to spread conspiracy theories and lies And it's our job to make sure that the facts get out there because, you know, President Trump has fought so hard for this country and the disservice the media does to this country in providing the facts is really outrageous. And I'm happy every day to stand up and take this battle to the press because they're on the wrong side of history. And it's so unfortunate to see the way they behave. And how do you overcome the media on this one? I mean, they're going to join the Democrats. They already have in going from saying there there were mostly all those things that were going on in Kenosha and Portland and other places that were they were mostly peaceful protests to now saying they were violent and blaming president Trump i mean how how do you how, i mean and they're going to say it with a straight face how do they how do you push back against that one well it's easy we have been calling this what it is the entire time and president Trump has these are violent riots and protests in the united states And that's not okay. And President Trump, every single day, has offered the resources to be able to end this violence. So, no, it's not President Trump's fault. It is the Democrat governors and mayors who refuse to accept the federal assistance that is being offered to them each and every day to protect their neighborhoods and their streets. And they refuse to do it for purely political reasons. The media always tries to twist the president's words. And when you push back with the actual facts about what he says, they have no ground to stand on. 
The president also met with law enforcement today for a roundtable. Do you know what was discussed there, what the purpose of that was? He talked about the additional resources. He thanked them uh, for their work they've been doing in Kenosha, the hard work they've been doing. He also talked about additional resources that would be provided to the Kenosha Police Department uh, to make sure that they can better handle um, any kind of issues that come around. Listen, Kenosha is a great city. My husband's from there, so I'm very partial to it myself. But it's it's a great city full of great people. And unfortunately, a lot of these people who have been coming in and causing these issues, including the violent riots, are from outside of the city. But the president wants to make sure that this law enforcement community, especially in Kenosha, knows that they have the support and the resources to safely do their jobs. Uh, he's taken a lot of heat for not condemning the shooting of rioters uh, by the 17-year-old kid, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse. Is, uh, is he just waiting? Uh, is this all about just waiting for the investigation before he says anything about it? I mean, he's, he's said a few things, but he hasn't really... The, the, he's being... He's being criticized for not condemning it. He hasn't done that yet. Well, he has said that there's an ongoing investigation, and that's what he should be doing. You definitely don't want to get ahead of anything when it comes to that. But he has been clear as well to say no one should confront protesters, that that is the job of law enforcement, not of a specific individual. And he wants to make sure that law enforcement can safely and effectively do their jobs. Joe Biden is not out there condemning Antifa, condemning any of the violence at all whatsoever. But the media wants to push back and try and paint a narrative against President Trump when he is being clear that this is not the way that these things should be handled, that protesters should not be confronted by anybody other than law enforcement. We're talking to Erin Perini. She's director of press communications for the Trump campaign. Um, And I saw something, Erin, yesterday, somewhere I saw it. um, can't remember where, actually, but the Trump campaign uh, saying it's going to get more aggressive in September. I don't know if that was somebody saying that uh, within the campaign saying that or or someone uh, speculating on that. But any truth to that, that uh, you guys are going to, it's now time to get more aggressive? And with that trip today, might maybe that be an example of that? Absolutely. You're going to see us go full throttle. We're in the home stretch here. I'm fighting to save the soul of our country and make sure that President Trump gets four more years. We're going up on more ad spends. We are doing we had another national weekend of action over the weekend leading into September where we made over three million voter contacts. Absolutely. We have to put our pedals in the metal because we have to deliver victory for President Trump. And the president sent out a tweet today about having uh spoken with the commissioner of the Big Ten. He wants to see college football. Uh, Any idea if there's any progress on that? I think he said in his tweet they're on the one-yard line. Oh, well, don't get my husband hopes up because he is a (laughs) University of Wisconsin Badger fan and he's been mourning the loss of the football season. But I know that the the president's been clear. America needs to safely reopen, and that includes college sports. That includes the ability for us to, to enjoy those things. Sports are such... And a, a really an integral part of the American fabric of, of who we are as a culture. And for some schools to say they can't play, but the high schools can play or the local schools can play. It's just there are ways to safely be able to do this. And the work's not being done to be able to do that. So I know the president really wants to be able to get America moving again. And that involves sports as well. He's um, he's in a bad position, not a bad position, but a tough position there because he's the federal executive, and he can't, he really can't tell individual states what to do, or he sure is, he can't tell a, a, a football conference what to do, but he sure makes uh, it clear that, you know, he makes the point as often as he can that he wants to see sports, and I, I agree with you. I don't think it's any small thing. Well, it's not any small thing, and, and, you know, he's not doing anything that would say he's trying to, you know, overuse any authority as as a federal you know branch of the government to to say you must reopen but he's having conversations and he's facilitating conversations as the chief executive of the united states to allow for these schools to safely reopen their sports programs it's a, just hey, such hey, an important part hey aaron i'm out of time i really appreciate you coming on covered a lot of ground there thank you very much hope to talk to you again before november 3rd thanks thanks for having me okay we'll be back With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Trump visiting Kenosha, Wisconsin today. The president toured a recent riot zone and visited two businesses in Kenosha that had burned down during the riots and made a commitment for funding to rebuild those businesses and support local law enforcement. 
The Pentagon says China is increasing the number of capabilities of its nuclear missile force, which is much smaller than the U.S.'s in a new report to Congress. The Pentagon says it expects China over the next 10 years to double its stockpile in nuclear warheads. A federal appeals court has blocked a New York prosecutor from obtaining President Trump's tax returns, while the president's lawyers continue to fight a subpoena seeking the records. And Florida Governor Ron DeSantis announcing he will lift the state's ban on visiting nursing homes. Stocks closing higher, the Dow up 248 points, the Nasdaq was ahead 164. This is SRN News. If we ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. This is not time for a spiritual awakening. I need to be the man that God made me to be. From the creators of God's Not Dead, the new movie, One Nation Under God. We can do anything with faith. We can accomplish anything with faith. Winner of 35 Film Festival, starring Kevin Sorbo and Antonio Sabato Jr. One Nation Under God. Go to SalemNow.com to purchase and use promo code MOVIE for 20 Hi, I'm Karen, owner of Lone Star Transfer. If you have found yourself stuck in a timeshare, you're not alone. Let us help you. Our process to get you out is done legally, ethically, and quickly. We have an excellent success rate and an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Let our family at Lone Star Transfer give you peace of mind. Give us a call today for a no-obligation consultation at 844-284-284. 4863 or online at com. Okay, we did our research. We know what you want out of a radio station and what you don't. You want a station that's committed to giving you all the information you need about everything big going on all day and all night. You want smart hosts who know what to make of it all. You don't want a lot of fluff and nonsense. You want real people. Yeah, we think we found them for you. You be the judge. AM 1250. The answer. Spending more time inside? J&D Waterproofing can help you breathe a little easier. Protect your family, friends, and pets from mold, dampness, and other unhealthy elements. For over 80 years, J&D has been making Pittsburgh basements very dry and improving indoor air quality with solutions like the Easy Breathe System. Eliminate unhealthy mold and allergy-causing moisture without filters or reservoirs while using less energy than a 40-watt light bulb. Call 1-800-VERY-DRY or Visit JDWaterproofing.com. Relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at ReliefFactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. ReliefFactor.com. ReliefFactor.com. Be the next success story. I like a bed that's really firm. I need something a little softer than that. Rest easy. With the Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed, you can both adjust your comfort with your Sleep Number setting. Can it really help me fall asleep faster? Yes, by gently warming your feet. Okay, but can it help keep us asleep? It senses your movements and automatically adjusts to keep you effortlessly comfortable. Sleep Number, proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. It's our biggest sale of the year where all beds are on sale. Save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed. Only for a limited time. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app. Smart speakers. Tune in. iHeart or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. We're looking all stacked up on the outbound Parkway East. From Bates Street to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel, four or five minute delay there. Inbound, heavy Edgewood Swissvale to the tunnel, Grant Street to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Parkway West looking pretty decent at the moment. 380 is under construction till 7 p.m. between South Grim Street and South Highland Avenue. Fifth Avenue inbound, that's a long-term construction project through the Oakland area between Chesterfield Road and Robinson Street. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. An evening thunderstorm, otherwise cloudy and humid with a shower late, low 68. Cloudy and humid with a thunderstorm tomorrow, high 82. Wednesday night, an evening thunderstorm, otherwise cloudy and humid, low 66. Thursday, sun and clouds with a thunderstorm, high 80. With your AccuWeather forecast, 
I'm Andy Robb. This is the John Stacker Walt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Lots of people who have had to work for and with Donald Trump have written books. Most of them were happy to trash him in order to make a quick buck. Madeline Westerhout worked as uh, closely with him as anybody. She was fired, and she's written a book that's nothing like most of the others. It's called Off the Record, Picking Up the Pieces After Losing My Dream Job at the White House. And Madeline is here now. Madeline, thanks for being here. Hi, thanks for having me. What an introduction. (laughs) (laughs) So what was your dream job? My dream job was executive assistant to President Donald Trump for over two and a half years. So I sat right outside of the Oval Office. Yeah, okay. Now, how does a person get a job like that? I mean, you know, <laughs> what's on your resume that uh, the president says, you're the, you're the one. I, I need you to be my executive assistant and be uh, hanging around outside the office and actually keeping people away from me that need to be kept away, I guess. Yeah. Yes. Well, um, I was actually working at the Republican National Committee for almost four years prior to Mr. Trump winning the election. And once he did win the election, I was able to spend some time up in New York uh, on the transition team and help schedule, you know, some of his cabinet secretary interviews and high level administration interviews. And um, I was just kind of in the right place at the right time with a mixture of, of hard work. And he offered me the job and I happily accepted. Now, so one one of the descriptions I saw in your liner notes, your book, was you were an Oval Office gatekeeper. So what would a normal day be like for someone who is an Oval Office gatekeeper? And by the way, if you hear my dogs barking, I'm at home, and I have two golden retrievers, and I, there's, you know, I have to do the show from home, so... <laughs> So I, oh, well, I apologize is, for that. This is an interesting time for everyone, and so I think we're yeah. all used to either a dog barking, a baby crying, but at least we've right, got right. the, the best dogs in the whole world. Right. <laughs> um, so I... Uh, so on a daily basis, you know, I just really tried to keep the trains on the track. I tried to keep the president on schedule as much as possible. Um, but for anyone who knows this president even a little bit, you know, he likes to spend a lot of time with people. And so keeping him on track was, was difficult, but in the best possible way, because he wanted to just spend so much quality time with everybody that he met with. And, um, it was my job to, to keep people out of the office when it wasn't their turn to go in or to usher somebody in. And so I got very good at um, saying no to people like the vice president or the secretary of state, members of Congress, uh, which was very interesting for a young woman. Um, I was only 26 when I, when I had the job and um, you know, you never get used to telling the vice president. No. (laughs) Yeah. Here's a tweet about your book uh, from president Trump. Uh, quote, when I look at all the fake books and garbage written about me, it's really nice to see a very smart and already wise young woman write an honest de- depiction of what went on at the White House during some extremely interesting and important times. So many good stories by someone who, unlike most other so-called writers, was actually there and part of the action, of which there was plenty. Go buy this book, A Job Well Done. So he <laughs> fired you. So what was it you did to get fired? Yes, well, I mean, first of all, every time I, I hear that treat, tweet or read that tweet, it just fills me with so much gratitude, and I'm so thankful for his support. Um, but about a year ago, we were at a, finishing up a trip to Bedminster, New Jersey, and I had a very rare day off, and I was enjoying some drinks by the pool and accepted an invitation to an off-the-record dinner with a few reporters. And at that dinner, I, I said some things that I should never have said and, and that, most importantly, I didn't mean. And that information got back to the chief of staff and then the president, and I was asked to resign, which I did. Uh, and then, you know, I was fortunate enough to be able to apologize to the president, and he forgave me right away, uh, which I was so thankful for. But with regards to the book, you know, I think there's so many people that have written these nasty books after they've been fired, and, and that just wasn't what I wanted to do. I wanted to tell the truth, which was that the man I got to know so well is a very kind and generous man and a great leader. So were you betrayed by reporters in that situation? I mean, I worked in the media all my life, and I, 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 don't, I, I don't even understand off the record. Uh, and, and, I mean, I did sports most of the time, but... Uh, but I don't understand off the record in Washington D.C. But what, you, you just what was it about the reporters? Was it you, you trusted somebody and they they violated that trust? Uh, 
So I was never someone who dealt with reporters and I was never, I've never been a press person. And so I just uh-huh. um, got myself into a situation that I shouldn't have been in. And, you know, I take full responsibility for what happened that night, but I do question kind of what off the record means at all anymore. And I think reporters, especially the mainstream media are so, uh, out to get this president that they'll use mm-hmm. anything uh, to hurt him and his family. Yeah, see, I, uh, I, I've told the story before on the air, and this might be interesting to you because you were a victim of it. There was an old baseball writer named Charlie Feeney. He covered the Pirates for a million years, and um, he had a policy that there was no such thing as off the record. This is 35 years ago he had this policy, a long time ago. And the reason was that a manager could say to him, hey, listen, this is off the record, but we're getting ready to trade Roberto Clemente, okay? Well, mm-hmm. he's now he's now not able to do that story if he finds out finds it out on his own. In other words, if the next day he actually finds out that they are going to trade Roberto Clemente, then he can't use it because he was it was told to him off the record by somebody. So it's a way of people who are in power to actually prevent stories from happening by preempting the actual reporters by saying, look, this is off the record, don't tell anybody, knowing that it was the story's about to break anyway. You see what I'm saying? And, I, and it happens yeah, a lot. Absolutely. And, I, and I don't understand how in Washington it's allowed to happen with things as important as government that, that uh, someone in the position of power could tell a reporter something that could really affect the lives of a lot of people, and then that reporter is not allowed to, to report it. I, that, I've never understood that, but... That's, uh, well, I, I think don't get the reporter you're speaking of was way ahead of his time in, in the yeah, sense yeah. that nothing is ever off the record. Right. So what's, uh, how is uh, Donald Trump different from the way he's portrayed by so many in the media and, the, and all these people who have betrayed him with books? I think the president uh, is very mis- misrepresented by the media um, and by the left. I think a lot of people still have not gotten over the fact that he won in 2016 and have yet to kind of accept the fact that he's the president of, of this country and, and don't want him to succeed, which is really unfortunate because if the president succeeds, the country succeeds. Um, but the man that I got to know was extremely kind and generous and a really encouraging boss. You know, I was a young woman with um, a very unique and, and interesting position and he always championed me and encouraged me and, um, you know, at the end of the day, Donald Trump is a family man, and I think this country has become his family, and the American people have become his family, and he will do anything to protect that family. Um, you were there from the beginning, right? I mean, from, from the first was, day at the yeah. White House. Mm-hmm. You, can, can you just tell us what that was like for, for him? I mean, this is the first time in, uh, well, I guess maybe Dwight Eisenhower or somebody like that could be uh, compared to him because he wasn't actually a politician. But even someone like someone like that was involved in being you know around the government a lot. What was it like sure. for Donald Trump to 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 try to uh, just learn how to be a politician, how to be president, how that, and what he's supposed to do? I think the greatest thing about Donald Trump is that one, he has never pretended to be anything that he is not, and two, he has never pretended to be a politician. He is not from Washington, and that's exactly why the American people elected him. They wanted some, we wanted something fresh and new ideas. Um, and he approached, you know, the presidency from the very first day with a different perspective. Um, and I saw that, you know, from the very beginning. And I think what people also don't understand is that he is incredibly humbled and honored to be the president. You know, every single day he walks into the Oval Office, he knows exactly how much, uh, how much, uh, that office, the weight of that office holds. And he does not take that for granted. Uh, and he, he really fights every single day for the American people. And who did he have to, um, I mean, you were, you were new at it too, at least as far as being in the White House there. Who did he have to lean on to just to find out about um, a protocol and, and some of the stuff that you, you wouldn't, you'd have no idea about until you became president or unless you maybe you were vice president at one time or, you know, if you were mm-hmm. in congress or something you you might have spent a lot of time around you just kind of learned that but he came from business right into the white house who who helped him yeah yeah you know there's a lot of people um that actually span different administrations and they're either military personnel or career personnel um but their main job uh is is to make sure that the office of the president is protected and that the president 
and his staff have all of the information needed to be as successful as possible. And so he brought in a lot of really new, fresh minds, but he also had a lot of people that have, have been in government and know the protocol and um, have kind of seen, have been there and, and done that. And um, so I think it was, it's really special to kind of, to kind of watch that uh, mixture of this new, fresh idea with these more traditional, um, historic approaches to government. We're talking to Madeline Westerhout. She wrote a book called Off the Record, Picking Up the Pieces After Losing My Dream Job at the White House. Not too many people write about someone who fired them <laughs> the way that uh, Madeline has written about uh, Donald Trump. But uh, your reaction after the fact is, uh, uh, you know, now you're saying that you, you, you still admire him and, and you understand why you were fired and all that. But what about, uh, you know, the first 15 minutes after you uh, just uh, – presented your resignation how were you feeling then um yeah i was absolutely devastated um you know it was my it was my dream job and it was taken away from me but at the end of the day it was my mistake and i was the one that messed up and um i think you know when you introduced me you you talked a lot about these other books and the one Mm -hmm. thing that all of these other books have in common is that they are written by people that have left the administration either by being fired or had disagreements with the president or his family. And so that's kind of the one thing they all have in common. And I wanted to be someone, a young woman who, who made a mistake was asked to resign, but because I made a mistake, that doesn't change my opinion of the president. He, he was always incredibly gracious towards me. And I wanted to tell people the man about the man that I got to know. What was his reaction when he found out you were writing a book or did he not, not find out until after you wrote it? No, I actually called him um, the day that the press release for my book came out back in March. I was, you know, I I know very well how he feels about books (laughs) being written Uh about him. And so I wanted to tell him in person or I wanted to tell him myself. And he was incredibly gracious. And he said, you know, Madeline, get the truth out there and tell people, um, tell people what it was really like. And so he was very encouraging. What do you think the biggest misconception is uh, of him that people have? Um, who not not just the people who don't like him, but people who voted for him and just don't have the didn't have the access to him that you had. Sure, um, I mean I could go on and on about that, but I think kind of the overwhelming um, criticism he gets is with 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 regards to the tweets, and even people that love him would always say to me, "You know, Madeline, we love the president, but please, can you just take away his Twitter, take away his phone?" make him stop tweeting. And my response to that is, look, you're not going to love every single thing the president says, but at least Mm -hmm. we know what he is thinking and we know his decision-making and we have an insight into the the presidency every single day, sometimes hour by hour. And I would much rather have that transparency than, uh, you know, another stump speech from a politician that runs every single word by their staff. And so how, how long were you actually there? Like two years? Uh, a little over, a little over two and a half years. So, uh, just a couple of days ago was was one year since I left the White House. So, uh, my question would be, um, you know, sometimes when not sometimes, a lot of times when someone takes a job like that, although there's only one job like that, but people who take jobs that uh, that uh, are put them in positions of power, um, they can change, uh, and a lot of times not for the better. Did you see any kind of a personality change in him uh, from the time you started working for him until the time you left? Absolutely not. No, he has been unapologetically himself and true to himself um, the entire time that I have known him. And part of who he is 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 a kind and generous man. The way he treats people that can do nothing for him is the truest uh, test of character, I believe. And he treated everyone from his vice president and secretary of state and foreign foreign leaders to the housekeepers and his valets equally. Um, and that was very, very special to be able to see that up close. I'd be interested, and you don't have to tell me if you don't want to, but I'd be interested in his language that uh, came out of him when he maybe was sitting in the Oval Office and was uh, made aware of or watching something on uh, something coming from the media, somebody treating him unfairly. <laughs> How was his, how, um, did he react angrily? Did he laugh? What would he do? You know, I think he is frustrated um, because he has constantly been treated unfairly from the moment he announced his candidacy. 
and the only thing that he wants is to be treated fairly. And so, um, you know, he's, he's a human like the rest of us. And when you are constantly being attacked from every single angle, every single minute of the day, it's going to get to you. Um, but that never deters him. That never stops him from, from remembering what his job is. And that's to work hard for the American people. I only have about a minute left. We're talking to Madeline Westerhout, and she, her book is uh, Off the Record, Picking Up the Pieces After Losing My Dream Job at the White House. Um, did you ever hear him give you any indication that he wondered what he had gotten himself into and had any regrets? What did I, what did <laughs> I do? I'm president of the United States. Um, I did not know he, he, um, he is someone that did not need this job and he wouldn't, he would not have taken it if he didn't truly believe in what he was doing. And so, um, that's what keeps him going every single day. And, and throughout all the scrutiny, all the, um, you know, the media, the, the different Russia hoax, Ukraine hoax, he, he was very steadfast in, um, his pride for this country and, and knowing that he is the president for the American people. Well, hey, Madeline, uh, it's an excellent uh, book, and, and it's called Off the Record, uh, Picking Up the Pieces After Losing My Dream Job at the White House. Uh, great inside look at what Donald Trump's really like from someone who dealt with him every minute of every day for about two and a half years. Thanks uh, very much for coming on the show, Madeline. appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great night. You too, and we'll be right back. Where are we headed? Globalism? A new world order? A singular government power? If we yield over and decide that America is not unique, it's not special, it's not extraordinary, we no longer are the United States of America. We're just a piece of a bigger government. And what about prophecy? Is the United States of America part of God's great plan for the world? Now, a new documentary, Trump 2024, the world after Trump, takes a look at what the world could look like in 2024 with or without President Trump. Trump 2024 features interviews with Franklin Graham, Mike Huckabee, Dennis Prager, and yours truly, Eric Metaxas. The Messiah will not arrive on Air Force One. Watch Trump 2024, the world after Trump on SalemNow.com. That's SalemNow.com. Trump 2024. Go to SalemNow.com to watch Trump 2024. That's SalemNow.com. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. This is John Steigerwald. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters and downspouts, siding, and, of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for free repair or replacement. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. From a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty, why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. I know that on those tablets Mr. Moses brought down is the commandment to not covet. But I'll confess, my neighbor and his lawnmower is making it tough. He's got this stand-behind, ride-along space shuttle that covers probably three times more space than my trusty old lawn boy. So, when we have who mows the fastest races, which are completely fabricated in my head, he has some impressive advantages that I just don't have. And at our Faith and Family Mortgage Team, we're blessed to have a pretty special advantage of our own, and one that could be a big deal for you. Our team is lucky to be an arm of a bigger company that is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls, an advantage that often allows us to get you a better rate, saving you monthly and lifelong money on a refinance or new home purchase. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Mill Park, Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate animalist number 1330. Equal housing lender. Licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Hey, John Stoggerwald here. I'm just here to tell you how much I love my pillow and how it's changed my sleep. Check out the new mattress topper. That's really amazing. Now, I don't know if I love my pillow or the My Pillow mattress topper more. 
Get a MyPillow mattress topper and get some of the best sleep of your life. Now, it comes with a 10-year warranty and a cover that's washable and dryable. And it's made in the USA and backed with Mike Lindell's 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com and save 30%. Use promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087. When you do, Mike gives you two standard MyPillows free. That's MyPillow.com, promo code STAG, or call 800-716-8087. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show. On AM 1250, The Answer. So, about a month or so ago, I had a guy on from a uh, radio station in South Dakota. We were talking about Sturgis, the bicycle, not bicycle, a motorcycle rally out there. And everybody was terrified that there was going to be mass death because 250,000 or more people would descend upon uh, this little town, these motorcycle guys, and again, women. And um, the numbers are in. And here you go. The city of Sturgis conducted mass COVID testing for its citizens after welcoming hundreds of thousands of visitors for the 80th annual motorcycle rally. Now the city is announcing the results. A total of 650 people took advantage of the free testing, with 26 people testing positive for COVID-19. All of them were asymptomatic at the time of testing. So nobody has died. There's no, the, the hospitals out in South Dakota aren't filled with people, and a, a lot of people went home. Uh, you know, went home from Sturgis and may have taken some cases with them. But uh, cases linked to the motorcycle rally is 196. That's uh, that's in states. That's in 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 states, total of 196 people. Nobody dead, nobody in the hospital. And they were able to pull it off, and everybody said it was just a stupid, irresponsible thing for the governor, Christy Noem, who's a superstar, to let it go on. And they're doing this, but you can't have a football game with fans, and high school parents aren't allowed to go see their kids play football. Move to South Dakota. Talk to you tomorrow. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.